Happy New Year to everyone. This is the newest season of Womanhood in the Rough. I am starting the brand new year with the flu. So my voice is very uh, raspy throughout this whole episode, but I'm excited for you guys to hear this. This is something that has been on my heart for such a long time, and God gave me the opportunity to interview someone, and I was so excited, and this honestly might be my favorite episode, uh, partly because of the topic. So we go into all things and times uh, prophecy. So everything Bible, everything and times headlines, everything. It's great. So I hope you enjoy as I interview Mary. Okay, so why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, uh, your husband, kids. Yeah, all right. This is always the uh, super fun part. So, <laughs> um, My name is Mary, and I am married to my husband, James. We've been married, uh, I have to do the math, y'all, so <laughs> 13 years this year and dated for five so we really have grown up together and I have two little kids I have a seven-year-old boy and a five-year-old little girl and um I am just your average Jesus-loving girl who (laughs) decided to start using her voice on social media so um I mean that's about it in my in my day life day-to-day life I'm a dietitian so I do work full-time um it is such a blessing to help patients with their health, but also I get to really talk to them about Jesus a lot, which is really cool because I know you can't do that a lot of places. So I'm thankful for that. And um, I live in Tennessee. I'm not sure <laughs> what else to say. No, that's great. Um, okay. So the biggest reason I had you on here was I have been wanting to have someone on to talk about Bible prophecy. And I have a lot of people that I'm either friends with or that follow me that just don't think that it is relevant or they don't understand it. Um, But I do want to go into like more of that later. But like, why did you start studying Bible prophecy? Yeah, that's such a great question. And one I'm very passionate about (laughs) as well. So um, I actually have to give credit to my grandparents and my mom who really helped me learn Bible prophecy as I was growing up. So I got, just real quickly, I got saved when I was 10 and grew up in church. And I look back now and I just am so thankful for the foundation that they laid for me, not only just my family teaching me, but the church I grew up in really taught solid doctrine and prophecy. So it is, um, it is so important that we get it right. And what really kind of woke me up or woke me up to it again was 2020, which probably a lot of people can relate to. Um, COVID hit and the world went nuts, right? <laughs> so um, the Holy Spirit just kind of said, hey, Mary, you know, you know what this is. If you're seeing anything on the global stage and we were seeing like everything in lockstep um, on the global stage. And it was just a reminder that this is what the Bible says is going to happen. And it just kind of woke me back up to the reality that Jesus is coming really soon. And he gave us all these signs for a reason. 
right? So um, that's kind of how I got back into talking about it. But the reason it's really so important is because I always just tell people it's because it's part of the Bible. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, It's a third of the Bible. And, um, you know, if anyone's not teaching a third of some type of subject, they would really be doing a disservice. Like you're just not getting the whole picture. And uh, prophecy really proves the truth of God and his promises. Um, I think it's just such a important piece that we can cling to for our faith to say that, hey, you know, what God says, he does. And we can look back on the track record of fulfilled prophecy and just know that we serve a God who is not going to fail. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think it's becoming harder and harder to find even churches that preach on prophecy like I think you know a lot of times they'll touch on like you know Christ's birth was foretold in Isaiah but they kind of skip over you know end times things because whether it's you know too hard or they believe their congregation it's like too out there for their congregation whatever the reason is it's fewer and fewer between Mm -hmm. right it's that's one thing that's really just been heartbreaking to watch and um one of the reasons why I just felt like I want to try to do something to help and if it's just through Instagram um or the podcast that started this year like just something that I can like use to get the word out about it to start waking people up to the urgency of the hour I think that's the big part because a lot of Christians if you haven't studied it you're just kind of sleepwalking (laughs) like the Bible tells us to wake up, be sober, to be watchful. And, um, you know, that should clue us in that there's things we should be watching for. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, absolutely. I absolutely agree with this. And unfortunately, like I said, it's just not many people care or, you know, want to. I think we have a lot of Christians that are lukewarm and they're like, Jesus will come when he comes. And I don't, I'm just going to live my life. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. The reality, though, is once people really get how important it is, what prophecy should do is it should cause our faith to grow. It should not cause us to be living in fear. It should do the opposite, right? And it should really kick us into gear of how short time is. Not only like that the rapture could happen any moment, but our neighbor, our our best friend whoever if they don't know Christ they could die any moment and so it just brings that reality back of eternity and every minute is precious and we need to be living with urgency I mean that's just the simplest way to say it and that's what prophecy should be leading us to do so I know going through so me and my husband went through bible school um he's actually finishing up some classes still I graduated Yeah, he really likes it. We both really enjoyed it. Um, It was a great, like they went through the Bible chronologically. Um, They went through some of the different viewpoints of end times. So I'd love to like hear your perspective on like premillennialism, postmillennialism, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. So first off, I would just say it's a big subject. (laughs) I'll do my best to kind of uh, just make it simple for people. but. I'll I'll first just start out with what I where I land. I land solidly on through just after years of study and 
like I said, the foundation that was laid for me. Um, I grew up in a pre-millennialism type of church and a pre-tribulation rapture church, which is still the belief I hold. But I say that to say a couple of years ago, I was really faced with the reality of like, oh my goodness, not everyone believes this. <laughs> so um, I was forced to study the other views just to make sure like, and, and, and I'd encourage everybody to do that. Like whatever you've been taught, you need to go to scripture and find out if it's true. Right. So, um, I really studied the other views and have still come back to the truth. I have landed pre-trib rapture, pre-millennialism. So I'll explain that, but I just want people to know where I'm coming from before I do. And, um, I think a lot of times what I have seen, especially in the pre-trib camp, pre-millennialism camp, it's, it's gone so far out of style. And I find it interesting because I think so much of it is just the enemy is attacking this doctrine because it is the one that completely tells the beautiful prophetic story of Israel and the church and two separate plans that God has. And it puts it all together in this one beautiful story of redemption. And the enemy hates our blessed hope, which is what the rapture is, our resurrection, right? And so he attacks it. And so when you begin studying this stuff, I think you'll realize there are so many opinions. And there's a lot also, um, there's a lot of, how do I say it, backbiting? I mean, have you seen that? Oh, yeah, have absolutely. Yeah. And um, that's unfortunate. Mm. But um, I think a lot of it you have to realize is that they, we have an enemy. And he's always at work and he wants to sow confusion in the church. And I think that's a lot of what we see. I always tell people um, when I get asked about this, like, hey, how do you know that's true? I think you just have to look at every view and come to the conclusion that only one is right. I mean, would you agree? Like, oh, yeah. God is not going to give us four different ways that it can go down. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> There's only one right view, and I think if you study and you really seek the, the Lord and His wisdom, that you will land there. Um, so I just want to say that up front. But anyways, the views, so premillennialism is where um, we believe that the, uh, that the rapture and the second coming of Christ are two separate events. The rapture happens before the seven-year tribulation period which is God's judgment coming onto the world um, to bring Israel back to himself and to judge the unbelieving world. So the church is neither of those things. So I believe that the rapture happens first, then there's a seven year tribulation. And then um, Christ comes back and sets up his kingdom for a literal thousand years. So that's premillennialism. All millennialism, and if I butcher these, you can jump in. But all millennialism <laughs> no, <laughs> is where um, someone kind of spiritualizes the thousand years. They don't take that as a literal thousand years. And my understanding is that they believe the millennium is right now. Um, and it's in a spiritual sense and that Christ, when he comes back at the second coming, is when he's going to judge um to judge everyone. And then there's post millennialism, which is basically the best way to put it 
is where um, the church is is going to usher in the kingdom for Christ. They basically have to share the gospel to the ends of the world and Christianize all of the world before Christ returns. Um, so that's my understanding. What What are your thoughts on it? No, I think that's right along the lines that I was thinking. I think I've heard a lot more of the post-millennialism. Um, I think I've actually heard a lot of people against, you know, um, a pre-trib rapture. Like, I think most uh-huh. people I've heard say that Jesus, you know, isn't going to rapture the church or, you know, we're already going through the tribulation right now because, you know, right. look at how bad the world is. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, so I I definitely think, like, that is in the minority of thinking is the pre-trib, trib, pre-millennialism. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so you did mention Israel. And yeah. this is huge because I've actually had people, um, I've posted some things on my social media about Israel, and I have gotten so much backlash. So what is happening in Israel right now, and why is this so important? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, um, when you, you know, when you study prophecy, you realize um, that, I don't know if you've heard this, probably some of your audience has, but Israel is God's prophetic timepiece. So if you want to know what's going on on God's timeline, you always need to be looking at the little nation of Israel. And so here we first have to kind of say this because sadly a lot of the church and the the reason they land in some of these other um, views of the millennial or views of the rapture is because they have replaced Israel with the church. So Mm -hmm. if you've ever heard of that, it's called replacement theology. Um, It basically teaches that God is done with Israel. You know, Mm -hmm. they say Israel rejected Christ at his first coming and God is done with him and that the church kind of took over all of their um, covenants and um, everything has been fulfilled in the church. I could not disagree more. So, um, <laughs> to say it pretty boldly, I believe that um, replacement theology is a doctrine of demons. Mm-hmm. I really do. I think yeah. it is another way that anti-Semitism has creeped into the church. Mm. It's not just in the world, but it's in the church through this, through this doctrine. So I say that to say, like, there's a lot of people in the church that don't think Israel is important. Mm. Um, they just disregard Israel. They think they are the new Israel. And so when you start studying prophecy, you have to be aware of what some people are saying. And why they're saying it. So if they think they've replaced Israel, all these things that we're seeing literally in the world that's happening with Israel, they just don't care. They don't think it matters. Um, so th- that's, I guess, a whole side note of it. <laughs> but yeah. What's happening in Israel is so important because they are God's timepiece. And so um, right now, you know, the war broke out in October, which is absolutely horrific and tragic. Mm-hmm. And um, it just points to everything that Bible prophecy is telling us. If you've ever studied Ezekiel, you know that there is a coming uh, coalition of nations that is going to come against Israel in the last days. And we literally see all of those nations forming right now. Mm -hmm. Um, 
setting up alliances, like the time is very near. Um, and we just know that from looking at what's going on over there. I think, I mean, yeah, just looking at the world, it, it makes me excited. I know a lot of people listening to this, like, may get fearful and be like, oh my gosh, the time is near. Um, but why should we as Christians, I mean, you kind of went over this, like, why should we be supporting Israel? I know, you know, everyone's against Israel right now. Like, Right. Everyone is like, it, I didn't think I would ever see the day where we would be calling for the genocide of Israelites. Like, I think the last time we saw this was World War Two. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, well, um, I do just, you know, before I kind of answer that, um, there was a study. I was, um, let me see, I kind of wrote down some notes here, but um, I had shared this headline on social media not too long ago, but um, I might get the percent wrong, but it was like 330% maybe, if I'm right on it. Um, that's stat here recently of how much anti-Semitism has jumped since mm-hmm. the war. Like 300 plus percent it has mm-hmm. jumped. And that's, that's worldwide. Yeah. So that is another sign because anti-Semitism is a huge sign, Bible prophecy sign of the end. And like you said, the whole world right now is against Israel. And like I said a second ago, sadly, we're seeing a lot of that kind of mindset in the church. They've mm-hmm. completely rejected Israel. They don't think they're important. Um, but why should a Christian support Israel? I think the answer is so simple. <laughs> it's because the Bible tells us to. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um first thing I always tell people is God, God owns the land. Like he made a covenant with um, Abraham and that has not completely been fulfilled yet. The Israelites have not completely gotten their land. And so that is still future. And um, I wrote a verse down. Let me, let me find it real quick. Joel three, I believe. Hold on a second. Joel three, two, it says, I will also gather all nations and will bring them down into the valley of Jehoshaphat and will plead with them there for my people and for my heritage Israel, whom they have scattered among the nations and parted my land. Um, right now, and America is, is such an important part of that, everyone is calling for dividing up the land. They're trying to give the Palestinians their land, the Israelites their land. Um, and they're just calling, continue, they continue to call for a two-state solution, which is all that means. They're trying to divide the land. Yeah. And God tells us right here in Joel that he's going to come against the ones who are trying to part his land. Mm. Um, God, you know, he gave them the land as an eternal possession. Um, anyone who is seeking to divide it is basically coming against God. So that is where the Christian has to take a step back and say, am I fighting against God when I choose not to stand with Israel? Cause that's mm-hmm. the reality of what's happening. Um, also wrote down here, Jesus himself spoke of Israel's importance in John four twenty two. He talks about salvation comes through the Jews. Like we have salvation because God first brought it through them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's so simple. And, um, the big verse that I always fall back to is Genesis twelve three. It says, I will bless those who bless thee and curse those who curse thee. So 
I take that to mean literally both nations that Mm -hmm. bless Israel will find God's favor. And if they curse Israel, they will find curse, (laughs) cursing. And I also take that to be a principle, just even individually, you as a person, as your family, um, are you going to choose to stand with Israel or are you going to curse them? And Mm -hmm. so I just personally choose to stand with them because that's what the Bible tells us to do. Yeah. So how can we as Christians, you know, now that we've sided with Israel, how can we be praying for them? Yeah, um, I think there's two ways. Um, The first one is, you know, we're still in the church age, which Mm -hmm. some people often just kind of um, title that as the the age of grace. And um, that's basically the period before the seven year tribulation would start. So I think the most important thing we want to pray for is that just the Jews will come to faith in Christ, in the Messiah right now. Um, Because what's coming on the world, the tribulation period, like I said earlier, is for um, Israel. Um, It's the time of Jacob's trouble is what the Bible calls it. And the purpose of it is to bring a remnant back to Christ. Um, At the end of the tribulation, the Jews will call out for the Messiah to return. And that's when Jesus will literally return to the earth. So I say that to say, we don't want any of them to have to go through that hell that's coming. So the first thing we can pray for is that now in this time, um, that they will come to saving faith in Christ. So that's the first thing I'd say pray for. And then um, the Bible tells us to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. So, you know, that can be taken a lot of ways. Like, yes, pray for the people now. Pray for what's happening in the war. Pray for wisdom over the leaders. Pray for protection. But I think ultimately it means that we pray for Jesus to return, um, that we call on him, that we say, Maranatha, come, Lord, come, because he is the one who's going to ultimately bring peace to Jerusalem. Mm. So that that's, that's probably my answer for that. Yeah, no, I love that. Um, so <laughs> a little bit, you touched a little bit on this. You touched on Ezekiel, and I know that there have been passages also in Zephaniah that are being fulfilled right now. So are we yes. the big books, the like big end time books, Daniel Revelation? Do you believe that we are in the last final days and that, you know, some of those things are leading up to the tribulation? I absolutely do. <laughs> um, you know, when when Christ uh, ascended and went back to heaven, um, that's that's when the last days technically started. So we've been in the last days for a while. But um, there's always going to be an end of the last days, right? Yeah. End times. So um, I say 100% yes because of all the signs we're seeing, all the signs that the Bible has given us to watch out for that are um, signs of the tribulation period mm-hmm. are, are on the world stage right now. So we always call that stage setting when you're talking Bible prophecy, mm-hmm. like prophecy doesn't happen in a vacuum. It can't just flip a switch and it's here overnight. Like the world kind of has to be set up for all these things to come about. And so I always just tell people if we're seeing signs of the tribulation, like just like over the hill, How close can the rapture be, right? Um, I'm definitely not a date setter and would never (laughs) encourage anyone to be one. 
I don't know how long, but I do know that I, I believe we can boldly say that we're in the season of his return because mm-hmm. of what we're seeing. What are your thoughts on that? No, I agree. I think um, it's something me and my mom talk about all the time. It's like <laughs> she brings up the like, oh, this generation will not pass away. She's like, I really do think, you know, in our lifetime, we uh-huh. will see it with just how it's not even like it's just also like the progression of things moving so fast and so many things it's like a day-to-day it's like every single day something's happening and it's like it's insane and it kind of brings me to my next question about ai like oh yeah ai is insane and even you know looking back 20 years ago like that's not that long ago like how far we have come in ai oh i know you're right it it blows my mind like (laughs) I try to um, share headlines or just like the news daily because the reason I kind of started that just as a side note is because I was watching myself like, Mm. oh my goodness, just what you were saying. Like, look how fast this is going. And so I just started sharing them out. I have a telegram where I share them and it helps people see just what you're saying. Like every day there's, 10 big stories breaking. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so the convergence and the pace of it all is crazy. And AI is huge. Like it, I don't think it's something that we as a Christian should be afraid of because mm-hmm. we're told not to fear anything, right? Yeah. Just fear God. But I think right now we're seeing all this come to pass. We need to kind of like be raising an alarm about it. Um, just kind of pointing people to hey do you realize what the bible talks about it talks about um becoming antichrist and the mark of the beast and Mm, i think a lot of what ai is going to be used for is just helping control and enslave people in the tribulation Mm. because you know only god is omnipresent only god can see everyone at one time and Satan likes to counterfeit everything that God does. And so AI, in my opinion, is going to be like his way of being omnipresent. He's going to be able to track and Mm -hmm. and, uh, control people through that. Um, And and it's just nuts. Like we're seeing so much of it be normalized right now. Like not, not only through like Hollywood and movies and all that, but there's headlines daily about robots and China's humanoid robot army and robots are going to be taking care of the elderly and teaching in the schools and it's just it's it's crazy it's crazy to think about I mean what what are your thoughts on that no I actually speaking of while you were talking speaking of China I had just seen a headline about how like never before has there been like a two million or, like, something million-person army, and, like, now, like, Russia and China have joined forces, and, like, with the whole, like, Euphrates River, like, starting to dry (laughs) up, I'm, like, "Mm." (laughs) so, like, don't you get so excited? Oh, um, my goodness. Yeah, it's, it's also, like, another thing that has kind of been put on uh, my husband and I's heart is, like, we really want to go overseas and preach the gospel to all the nations and of course you know our our timeline is not god so like god willing um right 
but that's such an urgent like I'm like oh my word so many people haven't heard and yet all of these things are happening and there's such an urgency yeah absolutely agree absolutely agree it does just like we said earlier it just kind of sets your heart on fire you know when you see it happening and I think that was the point it's like Jesus didn't have to God didn't have to give us these signs, mm. but he's so loving and so good that he's, he doesn't want us to be confused. He wants us to know it's happening. Yeah. Um, I just think that's so cool. No, it's really cool. It just, it does make me sad that more people, I think we're living also in a time of great deception. And so people are uh-huh. being bombarded by lies after lies and trying to sift through all of that when you are not in the word and you know, you're getting your news and your whatever from other people it's so hard it is you're right and that's that's just another sign too you know jesus tells us not to be deceived when Mm -hmm. he's talking about the end times and it's just stage setting like if we think people are confused now Mm -hmm. it's going to get really bad when god sends his own delusion like the bible talks about and it's it's crazy how the media manipulates things and the yeah. dis- disinformation campaigns and all the stuff we're seeing now, it's the tribulation is going to be that, you know, like times a thousand. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just to throw a number out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I know that one of the things that was kind of going around um, when COVID hit was that the jab was actually the mark of the beast. So do you believe mm-hmm. that the mark of the beast is already in place on this earth? Absolutely not. <laughs> um, I get, I'll just say this. I understand where people got afraid 100%. Like, um, and especially not knowing prophecy. If you don't know prophecy, then yeah, you're going to hear those people out there saying, this is the mark of the beast and you're going to believe it. But, um, the reason I say no is because you can't have a mark of the beast without the beast. <laughs> yeah. Right. And the beast is not here yet. So um, that's how I know it's not. But I will say, I think it's it's stage setting. I don't know, ex- obviously, exactly what the mark is going to be. I think it'll be something physical, like a, a literal mark. But um, if it, you know, all, all we really know is that uh, no one will be able to buy or sell without it. So that should tell us that there's that tracking and that surveillance and that control with it. And so people are going to have to be marked in some way. So is it going to be through some type of code or like a barcode, I'm thinking, or uh, something inserted in you? I mean, there's all kinds of stuff about that now, at chips and tracking and and all that. So I don't know how it'll play out. But I think what happened in 2020 was setting people up for the mindset of it for sure if that makes sense yeah yeah and just like hey if you don't get this vaccine then you can't go to work yeah um it's going to be kind of the same type of mindset when the mark comes people will do anything in that time because they they won't be allowed to to live their life at all without it so a lot of people sadly are going to get it yeah and i think it's not like, I know for a little bit, it was going around where you couldn't get into concerts. And I don't know if this was necessarily in the uh-huh. States, but, like, especially in, like, Europe. Like, my parents uh-huh. live in Europe right now, and they couldn't go to the post office um, wow. without a card. 
And so they had to have like other people they knew um, take things to the post office for them. So like things like that, like they could still get food on certain days or certain times, but like just things like that. Um, I think, yeah, like you said, kind of set the stage for uh-huh. how it's a little taste of, you know, how it's going to be. Yeah. I mean, that time was scary. I remember just, yeah, I think fully, um, I do work in healthcare. I didn't lose my job or I wasn't in my situation forced to make a decision about it. But yeah. so many people just in that time lost their mm-hmm. livelihood, lost yeah. so much freedom. And again, that's just a taste of what it's going to be like. So that's scary to think about. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So another thing that, you know, popped up, and this had been going on for years, but I think, you know, um, media and everything just kind of made it aware to the people was the World Economic Forum. And I did not know uh-huh. about this until, you know, the past few years. So yeah, that is huge. And that does play a part in, you know, the tribulation and stuff. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean, I'm not probably an expert in it all (laughs) what I would just simply say is that the World Economic Forum is um, a big player in um, setting the agenda like the world agenda around Mm -hmm. all this one world order Um, they from what I believe is correct a lot of our um, a lot of the people in government across the world have been a part of it um, they were leaders in it, um, like a few that come to mind, Trudeau from Canada, um, mm-hmm. Macron in France, those are some big ones. Um, why is my mind going blank? There's so many more that have been through it. Yeah. But um, I, I find it interesting that a lot of the, the big players in government right now have been a part of that, because that's when you think back to COVID, like I said, so many of them were like in lockstep the message was the same across the world Mm -hmm. with how they were going to handle the vaccine and and all the stuff so I just find that interesting but um the world economic forum they they play such a role in um like pushing climate change Mm -hmm. and digital currency and just all the things that we're seeing in the world that is leading to one world government they are behind so they always like to say they're like uh what's the word i'm looking for like they're they're not the government themselves right so they are what am i what is the word i'm looking for um (laughs) i know what you're talking about but um yeah yeah i I don't know i guess just the way to describe it, like they're yeah. kind of, they always kind of act like they're behind the scenes, yeah, or like they, they're not really running anything. When I, yes. when in my opinion, I think they're running a lot of things, yeah, and we just don't, we just don't know. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Um. So that's kind of my thoughts on it. Like I said, I don't know a yeah. ton, but um, I think they are definitely a big player in it. And Bill Gates would be another one. (laughs) I literally just posted something (laughs) on my story about Bill Gates saying um, that peanut butter M&Ms were healthier than red meats and corks and stuff. And I mean, I just have to wonder who actually reads those headlines. He goes, oh, absolutely. Like, (laughs) 
he's so smart that deal yeah <sighs> yeah that's what, that's what i mean like him and then elon musk and like oh. all these big billionaires like they they're not elected officials but they are mm. running the show yeah <laughs> that's what people need to know yeah yeah i think i mean these these billionaires i feel like i mean they have a lot of money so money usually equals influence and power uh, yes more money you have so like a lot of times you know you think you people are in charge but uh i've found that uh, a lot of times power uh comes with those who have more money absolutely you're right so yeah what you know people are listening to this what is one thing that they can take away you know, not to be scared, but like, what is something that they could be doing or take away from all of this? Um, I don't know. I just always want to point people to the hope that we have in Christ. Like, mm-hmm. um, and, and just going back to Israel, if we understand that God is going to fulfill all of his promises to Israel, that he loves Israel, even when they have been in rebellion um he will still fulfill his promises because it's a covenant he made with himself Um, and god doesn't god doesn't lie he doesn't break his promises so when we can understand the depth of love he has for them we can understand the depth of love he has for us um because if god breaks his promises to israel he breaks he can break them to us right so um i think just understanding the depth of that can really ground you in your faith and just know that when Jesus said he's going to come back for us, he meant it. And the rapture is our blessed hope that Titus two talks about. And, um, like you said, like seeing all the signs on the world stage in our human flesh, it can feel scary. Mm. But if you know prophecy, if you know what Jesus has told us, it really should excite us because we know that he's coming soon. And um, we're going to be with him forever, ruling and reigning in the millennium. They're like, there's so much that we have to look forward to. And if you've never studied um, what's coming or like, you know, done a deep dive into heaven, like we're not just going to be floating on clouds with hearts. <laughs> yeah. Right. There, there's so much yeah. there to look forward to. And I think, um, if anyone just takes anything away from this, like just get your eyes on eternity um, and share the gospel because that's mm-hmm. what this is supposed to do. It's supposed to cause us to, um, to bring others with us. I hope that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And I just want to thank you so much for coming on here and talking about this. Cause like I said, I've been dying to get someone on and oh. just talk about this with me. So well, I thank you so much. I feel so honored that you ask. I again, like, not an expert, just someone who's passionate and loves it yeah. and um, love the Lord. I just want people to to be saved and and to go to heaven with me. So, um, thank you for having me. It means a lot. Yeah, where can uh, people? Because I know you do this on your Instagram. Where can people find you? Yeah. Um. So my Instagram, the one I'm, I'm mainly on, is called dwell.truth, and that just simply means what it says. Like, we're trying to dwell in the truth of God's word. Um, I'm active on there every day, and um, 
then I have Telegram as well. You can find those links in my bio on Instagram. And I have chat groups in there. I just started a Bible reading plan today, being the first. So there's a group doing that through the year. There's a prayer channel. There's the headline. Like, there's a lot of stuff going on. (laughs) And um, I also have a podcast, too. So um, it's called The Battle Ain't Over. And it talks about all this stuff. So um, that's where you'll find me. Thank you so much. Uh, I hope you have a, well, a wonderful New Year's Day. And Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. And thank you again so much for coming on. I have so much fun making these for you guys and interviewing different women. And so what you can do to help me out is leave a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Share this with all your friends and family as well. New episodes come out every Thursday, 8 a.m. Central Time. This is Elise Weathers, and this is Womanhood in the Rock.